Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 6th of February 2022. Aha, there you are. Right back where you should be. After all, what's a TARDIS controlled room without its console, eh? <laughs> Mind you, that surge of energy. Not sure what that was. Hmm. Gravity readings look a bit fierce. Oh no. It's happening again. They say that talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. What? I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nicholas Briggs, and what an awesome podcast we have for you this week. Oh, you call me Nicholas. Uh, I know, I realised that when I said it, how funny. (laughs) Well, it is my name, fair enough. It is. Um, I thought I'd done something wrong. Any minute now, Benji and I will be chatting to our returning special guest star, Big Finish producer Heather Challens. Hello, Heather. Hi, guys. How's it going? That was it. That was Heather. Yeah, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. That's all you hear for, yeah. See you later. Save save the gold for later. Yeah, that's the plan. (laughs) Uh, Straight after that, um, we'll we'll eject you from this call. You'll be ejected from the building and taken away in a van um, (laughs) and dumped probably just in the middle of, I don't know... uh, St James's Park how's that sound is that alright I'm in Derbyshire well it'll be a long drive um, <laughs> Nick and I will be presenting uh, for you the good review guide talking about Out of Time 2 The Gates of Hell by David Llewellyn uh, featuring the dreaded Cybermen mm. and the not so dreaded Peter Davison what a legend and another legend David Tennant destroy the entire universe well we need to fix it obviously following that we're off behind the scenes with the third Doctor Adventures The Annihilators out this week and featuring the second and third Doctor Doctors, some nasty sounding smelly monsters, and Fraser Hines returning as Jamie. My name is Michael Troughton, and I've been playing my father, the second Doctor Who, Patrick Troughton. Then, almost like the arrival of early spring, it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, uh, packed with your comments and questions. Back to the rafters. In our also available segment, we'll be previewing the latest instalment of post-apocalyptic joy, in inverted commas, <laughs> in Survivor's New Dawn 2, also out this week. If we die here, then a better future dies too. Then the randomoid Selectatron will, as you've come to expect, be offering you a spell-binding 25% discount what? on a randomly selected Big Finish release. No, never. Earth in the 1950s. And so we round things off, of course, with a free 15-minute drama tease of the third Doctor Adventures, The Annihilators, starring Tim Trelaw, Michael Troughton, and the gang. Sleep is for tortoises. (gasps) Then I'm a tortoise. (laughs) So, Heather, Mm. The Annihilators... Uh, if only this was a visual podcast, because you've got a bit of show and tell to do. Tell us, tell us something new about it. <laughs> tell you guys something new about it. Uh, well, yeah, because I knew I was coming on the podcast, so I thought I'd better do my better do my homework, better do my research. She's good, and I I found all the the old. I say old. It's from September. Um, the paperwork. So I I'm quite analog horrifically and. So when I'm presented with, because you sent in, the first I saw of any of this was a 12-page storyline. Yes. A manuscript. (laughs) Yeah. Because 
for for you know bit of producery background stuff for a normal production the storylines are not 12 pages long <laughs> even possibly... for a seven part story well we have we ever had a seven part story nick that's the thing no i suppose we haven't have we no no but for usually about for about an hour's uh story it's three pages maybe and then it gets consolidated down and down so we can send it off for approval so i got i got a 12 page storyline with a little picture of john pertwee <laughs> at, the top, at the top of it and so i i printed it out uh and annotated it and that was that was my first bit of work on it so yeah uh, was annotating yeah. it just drawing little pictures in the margin you say that there is actually a little I did actually draw a little picture <laughs> I drew a little bit because there was a whole there was a whole thing in my head going about a TARDIS a car and a house oh yeah and the logistics that was a round and round that was a big thing I would say I was just joking talking to Ken Bentley uh, yesterday and I just happened to mention that, that you know, my favourite notes of yours were uh, connected with a bungalow and an approach road <laughs> because there's, there's a bit where someone's in a bedroom and uh, you said they don't go up the stairs is it a bungalow and I said well yeah probably yeah and you said well you don't say it's a bungalow so now when the first when the first doctor when the third doctor turns up outside this place he just I put in a line where he goes hmm nice bungalow <laughs> or he might say lovely bungalow or something and it's like you feel the third doctor's thinking maybe I'll um, get myself a bungalow that'll be nice <laughs> move to the south coast a little dog and a, and a boat <laughs> but I, yes I, I just I went completely sort of neurotic over this bungalow and a journey through the moors and just time wise yeah. Well, but, I think you, know, the, you have the, to think about these things. You do, you do. I mean, it's it's interesting that, you know, when you're dealing in the audio medium, you can make locations can become a little bit elastic because the audience can't actually see where something is. At any point, you can tell them that someone's near something and the audience will think, oh, right, so it was that close. Oh, I get it now. And it won't trouble them. Visually, it will trouble them because they'll have seen a long road or a short road or whatever. And they go, no, well, that doesn't match. But but you quite rightly said, you know, there was a point where um, you were troubled that they got there rather quickly. And I said, well, when that happens, they're not very far away. And you said, well, you don't say that. So it was easily fixed. You know, I just had someone yeah. say, oh, we, we've got to get there. And the, other, the person who knew where they were, the driver said, don't worry, we're on the approach road now or something like that. So, you know, the approach road became a phrase <laughs> that came into the script just to sort of uh, yeah, but launch it, it in people's minds. It's things minds. that you've got to think about, especially because, well, we're not exactly completely linear in this, in this adventure. Things jump about a bit uh, in terms of, time duration through yes time is going weird yes it, it that's, being a that's the technical story. term the technical term is time's going weird uh and so you and it kind of creeps up on us as well doesn't it people don't really yeah. know it's happening and yeah. everyone keeps looking at their watches <laughs> yes i'm looking at mine now and by the way, uh, one of the things you suggested we talked about is the difference between producing an hour long versus a six times sort of half hour one. What what were the major differences apart from a longer storyline? <laughs> apart from a longer storyline, well, you have less writers to to 
I want to say deal with, but that that makes it sound absolutely horrible to deal with riders when actually they're all lovely. Um, but yeah, it's a smaller it's a smaller crew. Uh, if you're doing just one seven part story, um, you have to keep track of your characters and how long they're in things for, so you know whether you need that actor for multiple days or just the one day. So that scheduling terms, it gets a, li- a little bit, a little bit tricky, especially mm-hmm. when you can't get everyone in the same room at the same time. Yes, yeah, yeah. What about the cover reveal? There was uh, there was a whole thing about that, wasn't there? And, and commissioning the cover. That was lovely. Cover. The cupboard reveal. Lovely. Yeah. So we had we had. Um... <laughs> she, she didn't hear you say cupboard reveal. <laughs> no. <laughs> Made me laugh anyway. <laughs> we had two two covers and I think it it was always our plan to have a fake cover wasn't it yeah 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 and we had we had a lovely zoom call with the cover artist uh, Sean Longmore because uh, he'd done a few for Torchwood I think but obviously he'd never done one for the third Doctor Adventures and so we really just wanted to talk him through what we wanted and what you wanted because you you were very much like TV action TV action cover art. Comic, yes. Good choice. Comic. Good choice. Um, and he was he was so lovely about it and really enthusiastic and and sent me a nice email when he when he read the script and yeah and then we just got to pull a prank on people. I think there was only one person wrote and complained that I saw. Someone wrote in and said, <laughs> you know. I don't like the second Doctor, so you revealing that the second Doctor is in this third Doctor adventure means that I won't enjoy it now, you know. I've, I've, <laughs> I've ordered this because it's th- the third Doctor. I don't want the second Doctor in it. And I thought, well, you know, I can't... You it's can like, try it's to like rec- ordering a steak and getting a side salad, isn't it? And, and thinking, well, I'm not, I don't want it now. Not, and, and someone going, hey, look, there's a side salad as well. Yeah. That's just really interesting. Go, well, I don't like side salads. But I mean, to me... I, one has to obviously um, cater for people with differing tastes of one's mm. own taste, but I think I draw the line at people who don't like the second Doctor. So if you don't like the second <laughs> Doctor, I just I can't do anything about that. If you don't like the that. second Doctor, you're dead to him. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say you're dead to me, but I can't I can't do anything about that, and I, I just can't understand your point of view. He's my favourite Doctor. That That's the end of it. It's all um, subjective, though, isn't it? It's all subjective. Totally, totally. And... Um, the the next point you made in WhatsApp in your little messages to me, Heather, yeah. was uh, reminded me of something I said to the script editor of the Doctor Who TV series many years back, Helen Rayner. I said to her, so what's it like, Helen? This was in a bar over a few drinks with a bunch of us. <laughs> I said, so what's it like, Helen, giving notes essentially to your boss, Russell T. Davis? And she looked at me in a kind of... Yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> so is that uh, is that you know? Am I very difficult? Yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. No, um, <laughs> no, it was it was really nice because uh, uh, again, this was sort of my second third Doctor story because I'd done Conspiracy in Space, but Alan had written that one. Mm. So this was my first time giving notes on a script that that you'd done, and I was still fairly fairly new i've just celebrated one year of working with you guys hey Um, goes fast doesn't it yeah uh and you very very kindly we had a conversation about because you were worried like don't don't be nervous i'm taking this as a writer 
you can say what you like and I'll probably agree with you. Uh, how how patronising of me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but it, it was, I really appreciated you reaching out and making sure that I was okay with, with giving you notes because it is still something that I'm getting used to giving just anybody notes um, and so that made me a little bit more confident I mean I had already I think noted like half of the storyline by the time you called so I think I was able to sort of say no it's fine I'm good I'm good we'll be fine I'll just I'll bullet point it and it might seem harsh but it's all meant with love well I think I, I I think sometimes I react a little uh, um, with some difficulty to some notes, but what usually happens is I think about it for a couple of hours and then I, I think, oh, yeah, probably that's right, isn't it? I should change that. And one of the things I really love about Heather's notes, Benji, is that reading them is like, it's almost like uh, listening to a DVD commentary because... Uh, <laughs> Heather will put things like, yeah, you show him, Liz, you know, things like, <laughs> you know, she gets involved in the story and says, oh, I love the fact that he, you know, so it's not just, oh, I don't think this is working. There's a lot of stuff that's very supportive. So yeah, that's those really are the nice. best types of notes. Yeah. I love that. It's and so again, because we've got that, I was able to do that because we're, we're friends and it's a little bit, I was more directly in contact with you because of this range whereas normally there's like there's a script editor between me and a writer and you don't get that sort of personal relationship or personal assurance that you can write little I mean I always write like nice comments like oh I like this bit this will be cool but uh with the with the 12th page storyline I just sort of went all out and was just like this is great I love this bit my reaction is thus done Brilliant, and of course there was Alan Barnes was script editing as well, mm. so he was yeah. he was part of the conversation too. But yeah, it's uh, and and Alan and I are old mates and have worked together for a long time. We have a real trust of each other. So I think it was really I think you fitted into all that really beautifully. So thank you. My pleasure. This has been a nice story with a happy ending. Um, <laughs> that also coming out this month, of course, is um, Survivor's New Dawn. I mean. Benji and I have quite a connection with survivors. Have you ever dipped into that world, Heather? No, I've you not. Must. You I've, must. I've had a few. I've had a couple of chats with um, Andrew Smith, who script edits Unit with me, um, and he loves his work on Survivors. And I, I also listened to a podcast interview of him where he talks about it. And I just sort of kept thinking, "Oh, this sounds like this sounds like my sort of thing. I could probably I would probably like this if I listened to it." Um, but no, I've never actually because it was a, it was a TV series first, wasn't it? And then yeah, back in the, back yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, again, I wasn't around. Never was I. Never was I. But but then I'm 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 an anomaly because I was saying this to to um, Wayne Forrester, an actor, yesterday. I said I'm an anomaly like that that I have a, a great knowledge of programs that were on before I was born, and I have I just I just feel utterly. It is my duty just to see everything, to see it all. And Survivors was one of those. I thought, this is this is interesting. Um, bought the DVDs of it uh, and sat and I, I just loved it. I thought it's, you know, for those that don't know, although we, we do bang on about it quite a lot, 
Um, it is a it's it's basically a drama series that originally came out in the 70s about what would happen essentially if a and it sounds a bit familiar mm-hmm. if a disease was released into the world and the consequences afterwards and in the case of this one it was written by Terry Nation aka Mr Dalek himself um, it's about how the disease is deadly and it wipes out a large portion of uh of the Earth's population, and so what survivors is it covers those left behind, those who are either immune or those who manage to get through the virus, and it's about how, how, where do we go from here? What do we do? The main kind of thread throughout it is is the main character Abby Grant is searching for her son Peter, who was at boarding school, and so you follow her journey essentially as she interacts the world. But it's a really interesting series because it's just. It's, as we say, it's like The Walking Dead, which I'm watching at the moment and I love. Um, it's like The Walking Dead, but without the zombies. And the, the real monsters are, are fellow human beings. And how how far people will go to, to survive. Yeah. And the new series we've done, which because we we stopped doing them a while ago, and we uh, the new series is called Survivor's New Dawn, and it's set 20 years later after so society is trying to struggle back into existence but there are all sorts of problems so it's a it's a kind of it's a new challenge really and a new dawn 2 which is the the second set of those adventures is out next week and features in our um, also available segment where you can hear behind the scenes stuff about that and of course annihilators that we were talking about will feature later in our behind the scenes segment too uh, at this point we have to say thank you to heather that sounds like i'm being forced to say thank you to her what i mean is thank you heather for joining <laughs> thank us thank you and we have to say goodbye to you um, we'll pull the big red lever stop the recording of the podcast make sure you're put in the aforementioned van and taken to st james square it's, Park. it's the cheapest commute to london i've ever done so <laughs> yeah think, well just you I know mean, it's a slow one but uh, but it, you know bring a book I mean, when we say van, it's more like a, an executive minibus, really. <laughs> Without any seats, hence the, the van title, really. Okay. Um, Will the radio yeah. be on? Um, yes, but it's stuck on BBC Five. Don't know what even... What do they broadcast on Five? Five Live, isn't it? Is it Five Live, is it? Uh, yeah. I don't know what it I'm is. More of a, I'm more of a four and four extra kind of guy, or a six music guy, actually, yeah. if we're talking music. Four extra's good, yeah. yeah. Not yeah, that yeah. I'm I wonder biased. Why, wonder why that is, Nick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it <laughs> every now and again. Um, I think there's a DVD player, but it's only a, there's only a Danger Man DVD. So. Not to be confused with Danger Mouse. That's not that's not uh, on, not on DVD in there. No, so watch Danger Man on your your trip down to London. Okay, great, great. But it, thank you guys for having me. It's been pleasure as all ours. It's been lovely having you here again. You've proved very popular in the podcast. Yes, that's very sweet. Those emails that you uh, you forwarded on it was very very nice. Time now for our good review guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions uh-huh. to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Doctor Who Out of Time 2, The Gates of Hell by David Llewellyn and starring David Tennant and Peter Davison with The Cybermen. We have been expecting you, Doctor. From Big Finish Productions. We have been expecting you for some time. Doctor Who Out of Time 2. 
I'm with British intelligence. Look, here's my ID. Commander Fleming? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's apparently, yep, that's that's what it says. Welcome to Paris. This is not how I remember the catacombs. I have witnessed its transformation from the subterranean quarries of my childhood to this magnificent ossuary. And who would that be? Blue box, robot dog. Uh, yes, the blue box bit is correct, but I no longer have a robot dog. Oh, shame. I love robot dogs. Unauthorized bio units located in Sector 3. You have to go. Something's coming. Something dangerous. Everybody, please make your way to the exit in an orderly... It's me he's after. We need to distract him, lead him away from the others, or it'll be a massacre. Are those? Cybermen. Dozens of them. What's happening? Does this house have a wine cellar? Of course. What is this about? No time to explain. Big finish. We love stories. The fact that Paris and quite possibly the Earth has been taken over by Cybermen. Oh, yeah. That World War II isn't happening. That about a billion fixed points in time have been rubbed out of existence. And that the effect of all this could destroy the entire universe. Well, we need to fix it. Obviously. Just go to bigfinish.com and type gates of hell into the search pane at the top to locate this exciting slice of duo doctoring. Uh, First up, scifibulletin.com, Paul Simpson of The Simpsons says, a (laughs) very enjoyable romp reuniting these well-matched incarnations. Nine out of ten. As to the point there, I give that review, I give that ten out of ten, that review. It's a ten out of ten review. Ten out of ten. I'd just like to repeat that. (laughs) (laughs) news.doctorwho-online.co.uk Robert Emlyn Slater says this is a great little adventure that will definitely keep you entertained for an hour oh that's nice isn't it and will leave you wishing you had more time with Doctors 5, 10 and the Cybermen David Llewellyn's script is tightly paced and I really enjoyed how quickly he threw us into the adventure and really appreciated all his little nods to days gone by 8 out of 10 that is that is a 10 out of 10 review really Uh, but since you gave it 8 out of 10 I'm going to give you 3 out of 4 there we go. You've heard it from the Briggs's mouth there. Well, IndieMacUser.co.uk, Jacob Licklider says, Out of Time 2, The Gates of Hell is a great way to start the month of June from Big Finish Productions. Oh. Throwing some great ideas together and David Llewellyn's stellar character writing bringing together a great cast into a great standalone story that may just be a perfect gateway into Big Finish as Out of Time was. That's 8 out of 10. It's another great review that feels like a ten out of ten review to me. It does, but it since does. since you only since you knocked two points off for something, I mean, what what did you knock two points off for? Um, I would say that that is uh, three out of uh, fifteen. <laughs> there's, a, there's a blank page in the script here. Sorry about that. Can we That's just read right. that out? Nicely read. Nicely read. Uh, warpedfactor.com Matthew Cress Matthew Cressall Matthew Cressall Cressall again Matthew please do write into the podcast and reprimand me for the bad pronunciation of your name 
Um, it's, uh, Tony Filer often writes for WarpedFactor.com. I mean, Matthew, no disrespect, but I'd, be, I'd rather hear from Tony, frankly. <laughs> Out of Time 2 <laughs> takes its predecessor's success and turns it to 11, or should I say 10? No, 11, I think. In short, it's everything a good multi-doctor adventure should be. No mark there from Matthew, but he says 11, so I think 11 out of 10, definitely. I like that. 11 out of 10. Can't mm. get better than that. Well, you can. You can get 12 out of 98, but uh, who knows, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, well, you just do the math. Uh, we are cult.rocks. Bryn Mitchell says, after the epic Dalek threat of Out of Time 1, this second release offers something a little different. For us, The Gates of Hell has the feel of a holiday special, hugely entertaining and full of sparkling doctorly interaction. Mm. I like that word, doctorly. Mm. And that is um, five stars, four blue ones and one uh, white one. There we go. Uh, well, which as our, our good friend Nissa McKinnon, who, who doesn't feature in the, the uh, email today. section, um, but she would identify that as... Uh, Equaling 15 stars, I think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yes, by the way, when you said do the maths, that reminded me that I was delighted yesterday when I was reminded of a way of working out what percentage of a, a number something was, you know? Yeah. Do you know the maths for that? It's really great. You, you divide the... Uh, smaller number by the larger number and then multiply the answer by 100 and then you get yeah. the percentage i was yeah. so delighted to remember that i had to get my wife to talk me through it of course do it on excel that's the key is that small number forward slash larger number equals smaller number slash larger number and that will do the same thing oh. then i usually click the percentage button and then it and then i can also tap in how many uh noughts i want at the end well, folks, this has been uh, the Maths uh, Podcast <laughs> interlude, uh, which uh, where Benji and I show our, our, how much we marvel at the power of mathematics. <laughs> the blog of delights.blogspot.com, child of the 70s, who is the reviewer, says, All us fans really care about in these crossover stories is the rapport between the different doctors. And here the tale is a total success. This pairing has legs. Well, four, I imagine. And surely some further adventures can't be too far from the minds of the producers. And there's uh, uh, there's four asterisks there, uh, which uh, I think that means that the child of the 70s stubbed their toe. Oh, I give stood that... on a bit of Lego or something. Oh, pain. There's no, no, nothing more painful than that. Mind you, we got a bit of Lego trapped behind our gas fire. That's what my son oh, did when he was about three. Yeah. There was a very unpleasant smell. <laughs> Burnt plastic. Nothing worse, is there? You don't well, know the where it's coming from. Well, on the Twitter sphere, I don't know if that happened. We'll find out. Yes. John F.P. Lane here says, Davison and Tennant, that sounds like a detective show waiting to happen, <laughs> absolutely sparkle together in Out of Time 2 by Big Finish. It's such a great yes. relationship, two doctors who actually enjoy each other's company rather than rubbing each other up the wrong way. But then... How could it be any other way with these two? I like that. It's good, good. Yeah, that's a 10 out of 10 for solid, me. Solid. Yeah, but although I, I don't want to dwell on this, but it's suddenly the... the um, You're dwelling the on it now. The phrase <laughs> rubbing each other up the wrong way, sort of... It's just when you... The more you think about it, the more... Um, 
upsetting it is. Anyway, um, uh, AidenCG01 says, finally got around to listening to Out of Time 2 and as with the first instalment, I really enjoyed it. David Tennant and Peter Davison work extremely well together and you can tell that they're having a lot of fun. The Cybermen were pretty good as well, 9 out of 10. Well, since you mentioned the Cybermen, which I played, I'm going to give that 12 out of 7. AudioWatchdog.com, the famous watchmakers, uh, says here, Doctor Who Out of Time 2 with the dog, uh, the doggy watches. The Gates of Hell from Big Finish is as entertaining an hour of multi-doctor action as I can imagine. Wow. Five and ten spark effortlessly off each other. I would gladly take a box set of these two doctors. Thank you, David Llewellyn, David Richardson, Ken Bentley. Wow. Marvellous. Sorry if you heard my phone pinging there. It was... um Vodafone sending me some pointless message. Uh, Nick, <laughs> at Ricky Orr. Or what? I don't know. Out of Time 2 is an absolute masterpiece. Hurtles along barely, stopping for breath. See, great writing there. Fantastic to hear Peter and David together again. The Cybermen make an atmospheric, for an atmospheric, monstrous villain throughout. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Again, 12 out of um, uh, 8. <laughs> Well, the metal Hoovian could be brass, could be steel, could be iron. Who knows? Mm. Out of Time and the Gates of Hell. Out of Time 2, the Gates of Hell is such an exciting blend of both the Fifth Doctor and the Eighth. Um, and the Eighth, the Tenth. I can't read numbers. What's happening to me? Oh, it's all the Tenth Doctor's talk. eras. Oh, gosh. Uh, David and Peter have such an enamoured dynamic together that you feel it through their wonderful performances. Amazing music, sound design and soundscape. Bravo, Doctor Who. Hashtag Doctor Who. Thank you. Hashtag Hash Browns mm. uh, That's it for the reviews this week Next time we'll be talking about a landmark release Another one The War Doctor Begins Forged in Fire Starring Jonathan Carley as the War Doctor Now if you want to send a review directly to us Because we take these reviews from off of the internet That came out around about the time of the release uh, but some people have been writing in and say, oh, can I have a review in your review section? You can send it to podcast at bigfinish.com and put a good review guide good review guide in the subject line. Make it short, pithy, and give it a star rating on any scale you like. Join in the fun there. But yeah, so if you want to review The War Doctor Begins Forged in Fire, almost goes without saying give it a good review, but only an honest good review, uh, please do write in to podcast at bigfinish.com. As I say... Put good review guide in the subject line. Make it short, pithy, and uh, like a, a, the inside of uh, orange peel. And give it a star rating on any scale you like. So it can be 27 out of 35 or the other Four way Four zebras and a north star, you name it. <laughs> and, but don't it forget there. to divide the, larger, the smaller number by the larger number and multiply it by 100. Yeah, and if you, and if you can't do that, then just... Divide it by 22 cars to the nearest whistle, um, and that'll that'll do the exact same thing. You've yeah. done it. Uh, still to come in the podcast, of course, there's listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, or of course, uh, the good review guide, um, uh, and our also available segment featuring Survivor's New Dawn 2. Oh, nice. But first, it's time to travel back in time to some point just after the Ambassadors of Death for the Third Doctor Adventures, the Annihilators. Let's delve behind the scenes. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and I'm the writer and director of the Annihilators. Aha, there you are. 
right back where you should be. After all, what's a TARDIS-controlled room without its console, eh? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that first series of John Pertwee Adventures, known to all Doctor Who fans as Season 7. It's the 1970 series. And it's just... Um, it has a feel all of its own because it's the third Doctor era before they knew it was a success. And also, you know, they got it all up and running quite quickly and they were trying to save money, so they did long stories, so they had fewer set-up episodes, which are more expensive. It just feels different. I mean, my dear friend and podcast co-host, Benji Clifford, always says it feels like Doctor Who made by ITV. It's just got a completely different vibe about it. Not human. Ah, hello, Brigadier. Hasn't anyone ever told you it's rude to eavesdrop? Now, listen, Doctor. I want you back here at the docks right away. There's been some sort of attack. It's three o'clock in the morning. My dear Dr. Shaw, sleep is for tortoises. <sighs> then I'm a tortoise. <laughs> well, even if you are, duty calls. My name is Tim Trelaw and I play the third doctor. Um, yeah, it's very exciting working with Liz Shaw as the Doctor's first companion. So, although Daisy and I have worked together on third Doctor stories in the past, um, three or four, I think now, it's a pleasure. And also, I've known Daisy for, gosh, nearly 20 years, even though you'd never know it. She still looks 25. We did a play together directed by her dad. Um, yeah, at the Orange Tree in Richmond. That's where we first met in 2003, I think it was. Um, and so it's always great fun with Daisy in the, uh, in the studio. We have a, a similar um, relationship to the one that Katie and I have in that we, we take the mickey out of each other non-stop and we're always undermining each other, undermining each other for a laugh. So, um, yeah, it's always great fun working with Daisy. Anyway, did you bring the map? Yes. But I was frightened it was going to get blown away. Here, I'll help you hold it. No, I'd rather you kept your hands on the steering wheel, if you don't mind. Oh, oh ye of little faith. My name is Daisy Ashford, and I'm playing Dr Liz Shaw. I love coming back to Liz every time. Um, she's just a brilliant character. It's really nice to be able to flesh her out with more stories as well. It's always a joy working with Tim. Um, as I'm sure I've said before, we, we worked together on my very first theatre job. So he's, he's, uh, he's an old, old friend. And um, yeah, it's always lovely coming back and working with him again. You know, you sort of just instantly click into that um, camaraderie you have. With my executive producer hat on, I also knew that we've got the upcoming Second Doctor range featuring Michael Charlton as the Doctor, but I was aware that uh, those stories weren't going to be coming out until August 2022, and I thought it's a long time for people to wait to hear him in the role, and I thought, what if I do a little throw forward and have him from his situation in the Second Doctor adventures, and more on that coming up in the coming months folks um in crossing over into this on one of the uh, why is he on a mission we don't know quite why he's here but he seems to have been sent here and also throwing forward to something even further in the future in the second doctor range he's got jamie with him but an older jamie and again none of this is explained in this story and won't be explained until 2023 they say that talking to yourself is the first sign of madness what but still Let's hope you appreciate the gravity of the situation. 
My name is Michael Troughton, and I've been playing my father, the second Doctor Who, Patrick Troughton. A lot of the fans at some of the Doctor Who conventions I go to often say, oh, go on, dress up as your dad. And, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take over his persona uh, that much. But, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to try and produce as near as possible the kind of mischievous kind of man he, you know, the Doctor, in, in Dad's view, was. And, you know, he, he, um, he was an extremely uh, jokey Doctor. And, and the thing when I approached the part, I thought, well, I'm going to mix a bit of me and the Doctor. I'm not going to totally do a sort of John Culshaw complete, you know, absolute take on his voice. I wanted to mix a little bit of, you know, me into it. So it's a kind of mix of me and the Doctor. Well, working with the, the second Doctor, as beautifully played by Michael Troughton, that's been a great treat. And I know that's been a, a closely guarded secret uh, at Big Finish. Um, and I know a lot of the fans have been crying out for a, um, a mix between the the third and the second Doctor, so it was very exciting once I knew that that was going to happen, and having Jamie on board as well, obviously. Um, and I I know the Troughton family well. Um, I worked with uh, his brother David on several uh, occasions in the theatre, and with his his nephew Sam. It's great that I've got the trio of Troughtons under my belt at last. When you have a lot of returning characters, your problem is that actors are successful and busy and working on other things. Um, so you love to create these teams of people or bring in these teams of people, but at the same time, it's really difficult to get them all in the same place at the same time. And we had sort of impending deadlines that we knew this. I think I was started writing the script quite late. Uh, and also, you know, just because I'm busy with loads of other things. I mean, there's an argument to say I shouldn't be writing scripts, but, you know, what would life be if I couldn't write a Doctor Who story? There'd be no point my carrying on, you know. Uh, so we, we had to get on with it. So we basically had to record the story at a point in time when not everyone was available simultaneously. So, you know, we recorded, I tried to group people together as much as possible. So we had the Brigadier and the Second Doctor and Jamie together. And um, we had a bit of the Second Doctor with the Third Doctor, but largely uh, Tim and Daisy were not available at the same time as the others. So we ended up, normally we would spend three days on a recording like this, but there's, you join us at the end of the fifth day. Uh, luckily, it's not been a full day, which gives us time to do these interviews. But yeah, so it's been quite a, a difficult balancing act. And even though when I did the schedule, because several scenes have to be done several times um, with Mark Elstob reading in a lot of the characters. And we also had uh, Sam Stafford, who played Snell and Pritchard. He also read in Jamie quite a bit on the day he was in. Uh, so scenes have to be done from different points of view. I think some scenes were done three times, but mostly a lot of the scenes were done twice. It's very important to me to have Alan Barnes on board because he's quite robust about stories, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, but at the same time, he has a creative respect for me too. So you need both of those things. You need to feel that you're trusted because that makes you feel you have permission to be creative. It gives you the freedom. But you also know you, you need someone who's going to be a bit tough with you about whether or not the story is quite making sense or, you know, 
whether you've got away with something or not. You know, Alan won't let you get away with it. So the way it worked is that I wrote one of my traditionally very, very long storylines. I tried to work everything out in as much detail as possible. You always miss something, however. Uh, and that went to Alan and uh, he gave quite a lot of notes on that and I adjusted it. And at some point in the process, uh, Heather Challens, who's producing the, the Third Doctor Adventures, uh, got to see the storyline and, and gave some input into that as well. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Annihilators into the search pane to find this great slice of 1970s nostalgia. And don't forget that at the end of this podcast, we'll be giving you a free 15-minute drama tease of The Ooh. Annihilators, starring Tim Travolta, whoever he is, Tim John Travolta, and John Travolta as the third Doctor. Lots of people playing the third Doctor this week. Uh, Michael Troughton as the second Doctor. John Colshaw as the Brigadier and Daisy, Daisy Ashford. I'm not Daisy doing Ashford. well, am I? Daisy, Daisy, Ashford. Daisy Ashford as Liz Shaw, with uh, special guest star Fraser Hines as Jamie McCrimmon, impossibly his best performance ever, in my humble opinion. But now it is once again time for me to say it's listeners' emails. Well, you don't have to send an email to send an email, but it does help. And if you want to send an email, just send an email to podcast at bigfinish.com. Good, straightforward advice. There. there we go. That's that's the way us Don't forget us emails to divide go. the smaller number by the bigger number. Absolutely. That's four garages to the nearest letterbox. First All up, of Jack. Little bottle into big bottle. That's from Brain of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> that just came right out of nowhere. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, um, I don't know what's the matter with me. <sighs> what a story. Uh, first up, um, uh, this is from Jack Tong, uh, sent th- uh, in the year of our Lord 1050. Oh, wow. um, God, they didn't know what to expect in 16 years' time, did they? Um, hey! hey. Uh, there we go. Return of the Unbound Universe. <laughs> Um, this is this is. I was hoping that we get a few of these. Very exciting. Uh, this one. Yes. Uh, uh, Return of the Unbound Universe. Hi Nick and Benji. Hi there. Um, <laughs> I hope you're both doing well and your creative juices are flowing. They certainly are. I've uh, really been enjoying your podcast lately, especially Nick's hilarious story about his encounter at <laughs> David's wedding with Arabella Weir, as well as her contribution to the story Unbound Exile. Uh, I've been wondering, as we're heading into the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, as well as the 20th anniversary of the Unbound series, wow, uh, would we ever see a reboot or a continuation of the series I feel like the 2005 reboot of Doctor Who has allowed for more uh, potential for uh, for what if stories telling and could allow more alternative Doctors and alternative universes to be explored in the multiverse Mm. I can't wait to hear your response many thanks Jack Wow, Jack, Jack, you know, we've been beaten to it by the announcement of Doctor of War, which you will have seen uh, the week preceding this uh, podcast. Uh, So, yeah, Doctor of War is an alternative, unbound Doctor view of the War Doctor. You know, what would have happened if uh, the Sixth Doctor had become the War Doctor? Interesting one. Uh, Next up, 
Neil Ottenstein writes in um, in the year 1639 on the 24th of January, confusingly also in the year 2022, uh, missing the scripts in the box sets. Okay, this is a controversial one. Dear Nick and Benji, one of the nice things about subscribing to the main range was getting the scripts to each story. With the end of the main range, we are no longer getting scripts to any stories with the exception of the Paul Sprague contest winning story. Can scripts be reintroduced into bundles or box sets? There are many times where it would be nice to refer to the script to find out exactly what was being said, which is a... That's a shame, isn't it? You should be able to tell from actually listening to it. Um, Other times, there's a great line that you want to share with others and it would be great uh, to do just a quick search for the line instead of hunting around an MP3 trying to find it. Good point. Anyway, please consider adding the scripts back in. Thanks, Neil Ottenstein. We won't be doing that, Neil. The the sad fact of the matter is that um, uh, we kept it with the main monthly range because it was a tradition. But the... uh, First of all, on the practical side, it is really difficult to get the final script together as, you know, what was recorded. And that that was quite, believe it or not, really labour intensive and very difficult to to find the time and the resources to do that. But aside from that, I would love us to release scripts with everything. But our licence is to release audio and technically by giving out scripts, that's publishing of manuscripts and we do not have a license from the bbc to do that so that is the main reason why we're stopping doing it because it's you know it's for other people to release uh in any format um uh, scripts and uh, stories and what have you you know publishing basically of, of books so we can't do it it's not within the remit of our license which is only fair i think yeah, nicely said. Nicely said. Cheers for that one, Neil. And um, we got one here from Dan Hurstrom. Uh, the subject of this one is Victorian crossovers. This was sent in the year of our Lord, 1057. Mm. Um, getting a lot of tens in, aren't we? Again, another yes. person that's just before uh, 1066. So it's that early uh, in the day impulse to, to write to the podcast. Sort of nice time to have a coffee, isn't it? Do you know what mm. I mean? That's like mm. a nice coffee sort of time of day, I always think. Coffee, Bicky and Balcony. Um, Dear Nick and Benji, I'm very happy about the news that your adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is finally being released this year after being postponed for such a long time. Your classics range has been a favourite of mine, especially since I'm very fond of fiction set in the Victorian era, whether it be mystery, horror, science fiction or whatnot. Oh, I I love what I love what not. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds. Hilarious joke there. Great dad jokes there. Uh, I also enjoy pastiches. Um, Yes, they're very nice, aren't they? With a side side serving of crisps Um, and crossovers in which several characters from different works of fiction meet and interact with each other. For example, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Anno Dracula, and the World Newton Universe. Um, You've already produced stories in that vein with Sherlock Holmes, Dorian Gray, and other characters, but have you considered creating an entire audio series or box set in this fashion? Best regards, Dan Hurstrom. Uh, no offence if you have trouble pronouncing my last name. Swedish phonology can, after all, be quite a struggle for those unaccustomed. I think just phonology in general is a struggle for me. Yeah. I just I don't but, know what any words I mean, I mean. cheated, you know. I, I basically looked up on the internet how to say it, Dan. So hopefully the internet pronunciation guide was correct and we're not... Um, because your name is actually spelt S J. O with an umlaut, S-T-R-O with an umlaut, M. And that is, according to the internet, pronounced Herstrom. 
Strom. which I think is the same as, as, as Sarah Hurstrom, who is the, uh, I think, an Olympic swimmer. Really? Well, I don't know yeah. anything about sport because Sarah I only Hurstrom. divide the small number by the larger number and multiply by 100. Um, that's it for the emails this week. Don't forget, as I say, if you want to write in a review as well as just a general email, please do. And we're happy to include it in our um, good reviews guide. Once again, for those of you who may be um, staring at the ceiling, hoping that I'll stop speaking, the um, address for the podcast is podcast at bigfinish.com. Nicely said there. Nicely said. Well, the Randomoid Selectatron will be powering up in a few minutes' time, giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Oh, can you bear the suspense? I can't bear the suspense! <laughs> Please tell me now! No, you're not coming out of the cupboard. Oh, um, dear, okay. oh dear. Well, but before that, it's time for Also Available this week. Survivors New Dawn 2, which is also available at uh, the post-pandemic world two decades on. And can true civilization ever be re-established? We go behind the scenes. From Big Finish Productions, Survivors New Dawn 2. This is all very lovely around here. Yeah, Lincolnshire's a lovely part of the country. Someone tried to assassinate me recently. What? Anyone who tries to get at her or you is going to have to come through us. Why does it always feel like there are more divisions, just at the moment when we're all coming together? Hello, my name's Ken Bentley, and I have almost finished directing Survivor's New Dawn 2. We start episode one with Abby and Jenny going off to investigate Abby's claims of slavery um, happening in the north. And so they're journeying up there to investigate, um, specifically to meet up with somebody that Jenny's worked with in the, in the past. Before they meet up with her, they explore a little tangent, an unexpected tangent. I'm Elizabeth Miles, and I'm the writer of Bloodborne on New Dawn 2. Uh, the inspiration for Bloodborne was the fact that then the Big Finish Survivors universe, we were now um, about two decades past the death. And this meant that there were young adults now alive who didn't remember the world before that and who were surrounded by adults who in many ways idolised that world and were working to get back to it in a lot of ways. And from their perspective, it's it's like, a, a, I don't know, it's like thinking back to um, in the Middle Ages, remembering the great days of Rome kind of thing. So I wanted to explore a conflict between the people who had survived the death and had had to fight through all those terrifying and difficult early years just to keep the human race alive and those who had grown up with the post-apocalyptic world and so that was their normal. So that's where we are with Abby and Jenny encountering that and resolving it. I play Jenny Richards, and my name is Lucy Fleming. And my name is Carolyn Seymour, and I play Abby Grant. They meet the twins, which which I completely relate to, as I'm a twin myself. Um, but one is, you know, the yin and the yang, so to speak, and it all gets, it all gets rather unpleasant. This box set seems to be all about 
people in positions of power and leadership um, who have taken those positions of power and leadership upon themselves rather than being elected by the people. And of course, at this time in, in the world of survivors, um, they're trying to restore democracy and some of those um, sort of trappings of old that were um, that were lost with the um, with the pandemic. So um, they're policing uh, dictatorship, for want of a better way of describing it. And um, th- this this um, first tangent they explore is when they when they find there's a, a bit of unrest in a particular zone where somebody's uh, assumed the position of power as a matter of birthright rather than um, being elected into the position which is forbidden in the new world, um, the new democracy that they're trying to trying to create and, and build. My name is Sheena Patessa. I play Helen Maxwell, the governor of Crowell. I know what I'm doing and I have the support of the community. Then I'm sure you'll be a very strong candidate, even highly likely to be confirmed in the post. Look, I don't want to do anything that's against government rules or policy. I'll do whatever it takes to make it official. Well said. If I survive long enough to be officially appointed, that is. Helen has a wonderful story in Survivors. Uh, She's got her own emotional struggles, her power struggle, retaining her governorship, trials and tribulations in love, and the rocky, well, the broken relationship with her twin sister. She's dealing with so very many things, and she's alone in all of it. And she's got a really lovely innocence about her, which I love playing, and it takes her on her own journey. She's very young. She's only 19, and she's obviously rather good and sensible because she's become governor at that age. Her mother was obviously a powerful and good person as well. And um, unfortunately, there's been a falling out between the sisters, and we try and help them get back together, but there's quite a lot of adventures in between. To further complicate the issue. It's not just about one young woman assuming by birthright this position of power. Um, there's also a bit of a sibling rivalry between her and her twin. So, so we have Helen and Emma vying for the leadership when really it's not their right to, to just assume that position. But then within that, another to, uh, to add another layer of, um, of complexity, we've got this strange um, character of Sean. Hi, I'm Sheetal Kapoor and I played Emma Maxwell. What a mess. I did try to sort things. Maybe I should have tried harder, but it felt like every conversation ended in a shouting match. There's more at stake now than your sister's hurt feelings. Or yours. I know. Emma is the leader of an anti-NFG group and is the non-identical twin of Helen Maxwell. In this story, we find her trying to do the right thing and create a new zone with its own rules away from the government. Her journey is an interesting one. When she's first introduced in the story, she's labelled as the leader of a criminal gang who stole her sister's fiancé. But we soon realise that she just wants the best for the people of Krull. And as soon as she realises her influence is causing violence and threatens her sister's life, she changes her attitude. We're not isolationists. We just want to be able to set our own rules. This is one of those villages where people cleared out after the death. And no one ever moved back in. Oh, you shot him! Put those guns away! Unless you want me to plaster the walls with the brains of the law minister! I can't be involved in this. If I die, it'll all be for nothing. Someone's locked! It's shut! We've been threatened many times by people who knew how to do it. Not so fast! It's a trap! If we die here, 
then a better future dies too. You'll not escape my zone. You're going nowhere. There's a new age coming. A new world. And it's a world of order, justice and decency. I'm sorry you didn't make it. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye. Big Finish for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type New Dawn 2, that's the numeral 2, into the search pane and get to grips with this frightening post-pandemic world. We're just minutes away from our 15-minute drama tease of The Annihilators, <sighs> but first... Oh. It's the Randomoids Electrotron offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Cool. What we got in, Benji? Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> we got, I can't uh, Doctor- stand the suspense. <laughs> We've got uh, Doctor Who, An Ordinary Life. Oh. Uh, yeah, the Early just, Adventures. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Peter Purvis and Gene Marsh. Superb, superb. Is that by Simon Guerrier? Uh, it's written by Matt Fitton, actually. Oh, well, I'm talking out of my ears. Um, there we are. Brilliant. Let's hear the trailer. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep it safe. You, you must keep it safe, my boy. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, An Ordinary Life. You people are right. You need some help? Please. We just need to shelter to check on our friend. He's He's been taken ill. What are you doing, Stephen? We don't know who these people are. We know they're friendly. That's all that matters right now. From Kingston, Jamaica. Just got here three months ago. Michael, two weeks. Yes, but I've been here for more than ten years. We lost our home, and now we're locked out. Earth in the 1950s. You're from nearer this time than me. Have you ever thought about stopping? Staying in one place for a while? Forever, maybe? Oh, that would be strange. We've been on the run for so long. The best we can hope for is a quiet life, an ordinary life. Fish and chips? (laughs) (laughs) Fish and chips! (laughs) Big finish. We love stories. We are coming. We are coming. We are here. We are here. So Gene Marsh and the wonderful Stephen Critchlow, who we so sadly lost uh, quite recently now, a fine actor and a lovely gentleman. Uh, brilliant. And Sarah Powell in this and Damien Lynch, great actor Sarah Powell, who of course played um, uh, that character from the Crimean War in the recent Doctor Who story on the telly. Uh, <laughs> that's that's great um, de- in-depth information for me. That, that woman <laughs> that ca- uh, that yeah, and that thing yeah. on the telly, you know, that. that Anyway, it was great. She was fantastic. I worked with Sarah a lot. Amazing actor. She was in The Prisoner um, playing a number uh, beautifully. And Gene Marsh, what a legend. He's fab. Just so good. Co-creator so good. upstairs, downstairs, and that, that does it for me. That's absolutely. Peter Purvis, of course, needs no introduction. What a legend. Well, this is all rather brilliant. Um, while I email Jackie Emery, who um, works with digital assets at Big Finish, uh, to make sure she knows which thing to put on the release, 
to attach the offer to. Oh yeah, that thing what we done. I don't. I'm not uh, not explaining myself very well here, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, would you like to explain, Benji, how to get the 25% discount? The pleasure, Nicholas, is all mine. Thank all you. you I'll get on go this email, all right? Bigfinish.com. I hope I won't interrupt you by doing no, this. No, no, no. No, no, no. You, um, you go to bigfinish.com <laughs> and you go to podcast on the menu. Uh, once you're on the menu, uh, it'll say read more. You click read more. Uh, and that's the latest podcast comes up. Once you're up, sorry, I'm just annoying myself reading like that. Um, once it comes up, I've, you I've get to the latest out, podcast. That's good. Um, and it will say in the paragraph at the bottom, it will say, uh, just click here, enter the code buck up. When you enter uh, the code buck up, that's B U C K U P, all capital letters, no spaces, no gaps, no no complications at all. Enter that in, you'll get a 25% discount. It's a wicked way to build up your collection because there's so many things. Sometimes you just think, oh, I'd like to get that, but I don't know if I can stretch it this month. Well, 25% discount might just be what you're looking for. Nice. 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 Just nice. had a nice email from Dwayne Bunny, you know, from the oh, Sirens of Audio. Dwayne. Just Good been, egg. Yeah, it's been nice to me about uh, the character I play in Peladon, Xmari. Xmari. Who's, uh, <laughs> who's a nice warrior, who's a bit like a companion to the Doctor. A nice warrior, a in nice. this case. <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> oh dear the, the, the awful thing is I, I genuinely can't remember what I did for the character so uh, <laughs> I wonder I wonder what I did Who anyway knows? apparently it was very good um, well thanks Ran you bamboozled us again and what did you pop out a corker uh, we'll be back next week with a podcast entitled Ninth Trips which features the latest Ninth Doctor adventure, Fond Farewell, by David K. Barnes, part of the, um, um, is it Old Friends? Is that what the box set's called? can't remember now. I can look it up for you if you like. Yeah. Could have paid attention, couldn't I, 007? Pay attention, 007. Uh, yes, you're quite right. It quite is. Quite right. Old Friends, that's right. Well, that's the first story from it from, by David K. Barnes, an excellent writer. And Volume 11 of Doctor Who Short Trips, which is imaginatively entitled Volume 11, featuring great stories from more eras of Doctor Who than you can comfortably keep in your head at one time. Just time now to thank you all once again for listening and continuing to support our audio endeavours. Yes, Please, whatever you do, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe and pass the word around about... Big Finish Productions, for the love of stories. Oh, so beautifully done. It's nice to say, isn't it? Mm. So, Mm. you know. I said it again the other day. For the love of stories. And I'll say it again. For the love of stories. Again. (laughs) Time now for the second and third Doctor in the Third Doctor Adventures, The Annihilators. that should work now. Pity Liz couldn't stay up to witness your TARDIS re-entry, eh? (laughs) 
Right. Here goes nothing. What the devil? Phew. Well, that seemed to work, I think. But let's make sure. <clears throat> Aha! There you are. Right back where you should be. After all, what's a TARDIS-controlled room without its console, eh? <laughs> Mind you, that surge of energy. Not sure what that was. Hmm. Gravity readings look a bit fierce. Oh no. It's happening again! They say that talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. What? But still, let's hope you appreciate the gravity of the situation. I'm hallucinating. I must be. Something's coming through, Mum. This is Control. Detective Chief Inspector Walker here. What have you got for me, Detective Constable Staniton? Over. I have traced the, um, gun to the docks. The it's... Say again, Lee, we've got interference. Lee! Boss, I'm not sure if you're getting this, but I repeat, I've found their hideout. They're at the old docks, underground, some kind of tunnel. I followed one of them, and I'm going in to find the whereabouts of the uh, uh, package. Over. into the tunnel. Repeat, I'm going into the tunnel. Lee, do you require backup? Oh, what's he playing? Get the squad ready to leave. Right away, Mum. Lee, come in. Have you found it yet? Lee! Oh, well, I am now. How early is it? It's three o'clock in the morning. My dear Dr. Shaw, sleep is for tortoises. <gasps> then I'm a tortoise. <laughs> well, even if you are, 
Duty calls. I should have known better than to stay over at HQ again. And I hardly think trying to get a control console back in that police box of yours counts as... No, 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 no. I fixed that. Oh, have you? Really? Well done. It's the Brigadier. What about him? He's just telephoned, and he's sounding rather frantic. (laughs) Oh, dear. He's at Lugate Docks up north and says there's something strange in the water. Ah, Detective Chief Inspector Denise Walker, I presume. I'm sorry to barge in. This is a police matter. Who on earth called you in? Um, well, I, uh... Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, you are obliged to divulge your source. I want to know. Inspector who Walker, I'm perfectly here. within my rights to preserve the confidentiality of but my source. But you are not within your rights to intrude upon a legitimate, ongoing police investigation. Now, please, I must insist you tell me who requested your presence here. I. I. Now, look here. Unit is a top secret organization. If someone took the bother to get in touch with us, that's cause enough for concern. On top of that, I was informed of certain matters which fall well within my purview. Matters such as what? Such as whatever's fermenting in the water out there and creating a green slick about the size of a double-decker bus, madam. Do you have to drive so fast? I'm sure we're going to hit something. Don't worry, Liz. I'm trying out a new traffic avoidance sensor with Bessie. You mean Bessie is steering herself? Look, no hands. Oh, for goodness sake. What if it stops working? Well, why on earth would it do that? Oh, I don't know. Because a lot of your gadgets don't appear to work properly half the time. Such as? Your TARDIS, for example. That's not my fault. That's the Time Lords. Anyway, did you bring the map? Yes. But I was frightened it was going to get blown away. Here, I'll help you hold it. No, I'd rather you kept your hands on the steering wheel, if you don't mind. Oh, oh ye of little faith. Good, and it'll be here any moment. Well, well, make it sooner. Good news? A crane is on the way. Are you still here? Evidently. Tell me, just what are you expecting to pull out of the water? You've seen the report? Yes, but in light of that odd discoloration of the water and the boiling Then you'll know that it is simply a case of an unfortunate accident involving Detective Constable Lee Stanerton, who came to grief in the line of duty, tracking down members of a criminal gang. Really? And that's all? Yes, really, that's all. And the green bubbling water? Oh, they're probably escaping battery acid. How should I know? Hmm... I suppose I should inform you that my chief scientific advisor and his associate are on their way here. That's no concern of mine. Nevertheless, I must insist that whatever's down there isn't pulled out until they arrive. You can insist all you like, but the moment the crane arrives, I'm pulling poor DC Staniton and his car out of the water. That's more like it. The open road. Beautiful day, isn't it? The turning to Lugate is just up ahead. Good. We've made excellent time. 
Yes, I expect the Brigadier will be quite surprised to see us so soon. I like to keep him on his toes. By the way, how did you solve the problem of getting the console back in the TARDIS? Ah, yes. Well... Come on, Doctor. What happened? I have to confess, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I thought so. No, I don't mean I don't know how it happened. I'm just not sure why... Oh, it's the turning! <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. Lucky no one was behind us. Don't worry. Bessie would Never have... mind Bessie and her super sensor. What happened with the TARDIS? There was an odd surge of... Well... Um... Of what? Gravity. Gravity? How can gravity surge? I'm not sure what caused it. Yet. But it had some rather odd side effects. Go on. It, um... Well, it caused some kind of temporal hallucination. Is that actually possible? I'm not sure, Liz. But for whatever reason, I thought I saw my former self. Former? You mean with the face you originally had when the Brigadier first met you? Hmm. Well, yes. It really rattled you, didn't it? There's no sense dwelling on it for now. The Brigadier needs us. Come on, Bessie. Into reverse. Here we go again. Hang on, Liz. At last. Right. Get the divers in position to attach the crane's line to the car. Right you are, Mum. Hawk, Joe, Len, move in. In you go. Quite an impressive team you've got here, Inspector. And we're going ahead, without any further delay. You know, I really think it'd be better for us all if we waited for the Doctor. You do realise that your arrival here could be causing untold damage to our investigations. Men in military uniforms stumping around will do nothing but draw attention to what's going on here. And what is going on here? That's a confidential police matter. Right, bring the crane in! Good morning, Constable. We're part of the unit investigation team. Can't let you into the docks without a pass. Of course. We have our unit passes. I'm not good enough, I'm afraid. I beg your pardon? You there! Let them in! On my authority. Inspector Walker's given strict instructions that no one's to come in without her safe. Yes, I'm sure she has. But now you have new instructions. Let these people in. Uh, very well, sir. My dear Brigadier, you seem all of a fluster. We're about to miss the main event. It's this way. Uh, well, hop aboard and you can direct us. Right. You'd better hold tight. Here we go! They're pulling it out now. Come on. All that bubbling green stuff. 
nobody seems interested in finding out. Then why the crane? An unmarked police car apparently crashed into the water here last night. With a policeman in it. Poor fellow. And that bubbling was much worse earlier. Seems to have died down quite a bit. Then perhaps whatever chemical reaction is going on down there is nearly cooked. I lost a good police officer down there, so cut the jokes. My dear lady, I wasn't joking. You think it's maybe some kind of enzymatic reaction? Possibly. Inspector Denise Walker here thinks it's leaking battery acid. I wouldn't have thought so. It's hooked on, Mum! Right, pull it up. It's a car, all right. <laughs> oh, <that> smell! <laughs> oh, yes, yes, it's ghastly. What on earth is it? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to have a look. Look back here! <laughs> oh, what have we here? Good grief! <laughs> All right, sir. Step aside. Let us do what is down. Fireman, what makes you think you're qualified? <laughs> Breathing apparatus. And you seem to be choking, sir. For all we know, these fumes could be deadly. I'm sure I'm a perfect click. <laughs> Let's get him out of here right now. Thanks, Liz. You were virtually unconscious when the fireman brought you here. Yes. That smell. Overpowering. Where are we? The police have set up a makeshift HQ. This is one of the old disused warehouses. Very salubrious. Doctor, what did you see in the car? Yes, what was it? I'm pretty certain there was a dead body in there. Pretty certain? Surely you'd easily recognize a human body. Well, that's just the point, Liz. It wasn't easily recognizable. You mean it had changed somehow? It was all mixed up with something. And that something was responsible for the ghastly smell? Perhaps. We heard fizzing. Some kind of mass. Partially gelatinous, but perhaps breaking down. 